As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodrigue, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how we doing? Jordan, we're doing well, and uh, I know how much you like to break news, and you're very good at it, but uh, I wanted to share <laughs> something with our, our listeners as we record, we record here on Tuesday afternoon. I just recently found out Jordan has been uh, nominated for... Uh, a very oh my great god award. you're not doing this <laughs> i am doing this yes um and it's somebody i, I know who means uh, a lot to you and means a, a lot to all of us in this industry the the professional F- uh, football writers association is naming a, a, an award after therese paler who was uh, just a fantastic um, well a fantastic person uh first of all and and a, a very respected and, and outstanding football journalist who unfortunately passed away and uh so cool to see that uh, they're naming an award after him and it's going to it's called the emerging writer award and it's uh, it's going to an up-and-coming pro football writer who embodies the professionalism and work, work ethic that made Therese one of the most respected reporters in the business and uh, Jordan is one of the four finalists uh, excuse me, five finalists uh, for for this award. And first of all, congratulations on that. And uh, I know looking at some of the other names on this list too, Michael, Michael Sean Dugar, who covers the Seahawks uh, for us here at The Athletic, Jory Epstein, who does a great job in Dallas with the Cowboys for USA Today, uh, Amy Just, uh, Cam Wolf. I, I know these are their names that who are mean a lot to you. And, and I know Therese did also. So congratulations. Well, thanks, Rich. Um, it's a good thing we're recording audio because I'm blushing quite profusely right now. Uh, you, you completely surprised me with that. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm Therese was somebody who we all miss very, very much and somebody who uplifted young journalists, uplifted so many people in the way that he not only set an example and did his job, but also in the way he would reach out and check on people and put young people, um, in a position to be successful and to try to do this job the right way because he so did it the right way. Um, so it's a huge honor for me to be on this list. Um, 
I, I, especially with a, a bunch of my colleagues who are all friends, I consider all to be friends of mine who I know are also so honored to be on this list. So, um, really, really means a lot. And I'm getting a little emotional, so we're going to move on. <laughs> um, but <laughs> What's it like to be young and up and coming, Jordan? I, I, was I, I say, vaguely remember those I days. I was going to say, yeah. at the quarterback collective, I felt real old. So it was to, to be called up and coming. I was like, all right, well. Um, so um, the other thing I just want to point out, too, if you guys get annoyed by cracking voices Mine is mine is going all over the place this week. I've got some some allergies going on. So if you guys are are wondering why you hear what sounds like shattering ice coming through my throat at some point, uh, I can't tell you when it's going to happen. I just feel like it's gonna. So that's that's where I'm at right now. So thanks for bearing with us. But Rich, pretty excited because we've got. Um, We've got some OTAs stuff to talk about. We've got to start out with some of this Julio Jones stuff, though, because I, I really hope that everybody stayed off the internet and enjoyed the weekend. It was a long weekend. I hope people got Monday off, um, you know, and, and spent it with either family or friends or reflecting if, if kind of that's something that you do every year. But I, you know, I checked in once or twice and man, Twitter was just going nuts about, uh, about Julio Jones and some betting odds. Did you see that? I did. Yes. And um, look, I, I understand. I was actually thinking about this today, um, and I, I used to kind of get frustrated with with Rams fans because anytime like a name came up, it would be like, "When are we going to get this guy? When are we going to get that guy?" And then I was like, "Yeah, but." How many times have they done this to us? <laughs> you know, anytime there is a big name out there, there's the Rams like sticking their nose in it to see like whether or not they can pull it off. And I say that in, in an admiring way because the Rams always do their their diligence or, or you know see if it's even something that's realistic. But yeah, in in this case, I you know I get it and and I see you know oh they're what are what were they the number two betting odds or something like yeah, that? Yeah, and I don't just, know how that I don't know how that works or how that happens but i do know no. that vegas like a lot of times can they have these outliers where vegas will have they'll be right about something and so it kind of sets up expectation for for other things in the future and and i get that the the thing that was interesting was you know yes the rams did inquire about julio jones as they should as every as 32 teams should have, well, 31, because the Falcons right. Falcons aren't inquiring about their own guy. Although maybe <laughs> they got their maybe they're trying to figure that one out. Um, 31 teams should have inquired about Julio Jones, um, especially if you're a good team, even if you're set at receiver, which the Rams clearly believe that for the most part they are. Now, are they are they open and open to adding someone of his caliber? Sure, but they're not going to get into a bidding war. The Falcons are very much trying to drum up a market, a substantial market. For or Julio because they're trying to get the most out of him. And at the same time, they don't have a ton of leverage because everybody knows the deal with them and their salary cap trouble. So this is one, this is one thing where the Rams were like, listen, you know, it, it, and this is what sources were telling me through the weekend and also repeated again this morning. This is a, a Tuesday morning that we're, or excuse me, this is a Tuesday afternoon that we're recording this. So this morning talking to a, a source and they're like, look, we're not going to, you know, it's one of those things where, and this is me paraphrasing, you know, they're not going to get into 
just be pawns in a bidding war just for the sake of driving up a price. You know, smart teams don't don't let themselves do that. Good teams don't let themselves do that. There there are teams that definitely have the capital and are interested in the sense for what the Falcons are asking for, which sounds like not only a uh, first round draft pick at some point in the future, but potentially also adding players. That's just not something that especially, you know, he's one of the best receivers. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best receivers in the league. Um, And there's no reason to believe that he won't have a great season in 2021, even with the injury concerns and things like that. I watched him play for years in the NFC South. He's just outstanding. You have to game plan specifically for him. But, you know, it's it's also one of those things where the Rams don't often pay other people's players if they are not sort of coming into the peak of their career or unless they're the quarterback <laughs> of another team for the last 12 years. <laughs> um, right. So it's it's one of those things where they're, you know, and especially with resource allocation and, and whatnot, obviously the Rams don't have the picks immediately. Now, that's not to say that they're not open to being in this conversation if his market flattens out. Like, let's say uh, the Falcons are like, all right, well, we can't get a first-round pick. Now, I think all it takes is one team. I, I think they'll find find somewhere for him that will give them sort of a higher capital trade. But if it doesn't happen, and, and let's say the Falcons are like, man, we cannot keep this guy because of his salary, then that would be a conversation. The, the Rams' phones would be on still. That would be a conversation, you know, second or third round picks, things like that. But they're not going to get into a bidding war just for the sake of being in a bidding war, that their name adding to it alone is what drives up a price. So I don't think that they found that to be a good use of time or energy. Um, so it was it was interesting how that sort of swelled up to sort of pandemonium through the weekend. Um I was outside, man. I, I was at the beach this weekend. It was great. So um, I hope I hope people got <laughs> offline and and uh, and breathed a little bit and trusted that if there was anything to share, um, you know, I, I'm not always right and I miss stuff sometimes. But on this, uh, if there was anything to share, uh, I would have would have loved to to share it. But there just wasn't anything to share. Yeah, the, the, look that that Vegas stuff, and I get those. Emails, I think I get them every day from from somebody or another about these odds, and and they're they're always interesting. You know, like oh, who's the next coach that's going to be fired, or who's going to be drafted? You know, number three overall or whatever. And it's it's fun. It's it's and look, let let's be honest, and I don't say this to be pejorative against those people, but they're doing it to get attention. They're getting it so that people will write blog items about their betting site and and give them some some publicity. So let's let's not misunderstand why these things are being put out there. That's exactly why they're being put out there is to to get attention. So I guess they succeed on some levels. But uh, you also have to think that you know they they're aware of the Rams. I mean, this is the team that has just taken these swings over the last couple of years. Oh, Jalen Ramsey's available. Where's he going? Oh, he's going to the Rams. Oh, where, Matthew Stafford's available. Where's he going? Oh, he's going to the Rams. Uh, so it's almost like you come to expect that if there's a a, a big name on the market, uh, that the Rams are, are are going to be in on it. So I, I certainly understand. Yeah. And and like I said, I don't write off anything. Uh, the 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 one that drove home that for me, Jordan, was a couple of years ago when. Uh, you know, I found out that not only were the Rams re-signing Aaron Donald, but they'd also been sniffing around Khalil Mack in a trade. And I'm like. Okay, now now I believe anything. Like now, now nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Exactly. So, you can't rule. You can't rule them out on anything. But I, I do. Right. I do say that 
you got to also, you know, maybe don't overreact until there's actually something to react to in the first place. So we'll see yeah. how this goes. It's going to be really interesting. And I and I think that it's always exciting conversation. It's always fun for people to um, sort of project how he may fit. Um, I still think that, you know, trying to run twin thousand yards receivers out of town and then bring in you know, in exchange for a player when you want, you really want three dominant receivers in the modern league. Um, and then trying to basically run two of them out of town and then have a numbers disadvantage (laughs) because you're, you're putting, you're putting two out of town and then bringing in one who's yeah, the best player, one of the best players in the league, but you need three dominant receivers, um, maybe even four to be competitive and to be dominant in this league. Um, so we won't get into all of that because I've got, I've got lots of, uh, it just won't be a productive day if we get into that. But <laughs> at the same time, yeah. um, you know, it would you know, we'll see what happens because again, any these guys, they just wait and they strike when the timing is right on things. And if they can't get if pe- people can't get something done with Julio, and hell, by the time we get this podcast up, maybe he'll be traded somewhere. But if yeah. if his market yeah. flattens, I definitely wouldn't rule them out in at least inquiring again and keeping the phone line hot. But for now, yeah, they are they are out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. it, you know, it's an interesting, I mean, who, th- that's the other thing. It's like, just because it's maybe not going to happen doesn't mean that, like, we're poo-pooing the opportunity. What a what a phenomenal ad he'll be to any team. I mean, of course you call uh-huh. about that guy, right? Of course, you're mm-hmm. if you're a GM, you make a phone call about Julio Jones. He's an outstanding, phenomenal player against whom you have to specifically game plan for and strategize for. I mean, it just, he totally wrecks your normal structure of what your defense is needing to to do every week and erects your routine because you have to spend extra time specifically figuring out how to defend him. Um, And I watched a lot of games. There was one that I was talking about this weekend. Um, It was one of the most football-y football moments I think I've ever seen was – you know, when he played the Panthers, who are figuring out their secondary after he put 300 yards on them um, and totally disrupted their draft plan, draft strategy and draft plan for the next f- several years, right. really at a certain point when he was playing against them twice a year, at a certain point, they just kind of prayed he would drop it. And he barely did. He he had one major <laughs> drop on a deep ball that was kind of going to hit his hands right as he got to the end zone. And the safety in coverage went and prayed in the corner of the end zone afterward (laughs) because it was like, oh, thank God he dropped it. (laughs) You know, I mean, because it just didn't happen. It just doesn't happen. So, um, yeah, great player. Uh, We'll see what happens with him. But I think Rams fans at the most right now should just be hoping that he doesn't end up in the NFC West. You took the words out of my mouth because I'm looking at Seattle. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I mean, what the you know, we all know the situation there and what's going on with Russell Wilson. And, you know, if if there's an opportunity to add uh, Julio Jones, uh, wow, that that'll be an interesting one. Everybody it all the the NFC West is like the center of the universe. So uh, everything eventually comes back to the NFC West at some point. But yeah, Jordan, great, you know, great summation of the whole thing. It's never until the guys traded, it's never over. But if 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 the asking price is what the re- asking price really is, then no, it doesn't make any sense for the Rams whatsoever. Right. And in the meantime, a um, couple of their guys are in the building right now. Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson, Cooper Cup, 
and Robert Woods have all repped in and out, and Tutu Atwell, their rookie, have all rep- been repping in and out with Matthew Stafford as OTAs opened. And pretty pretty solid turnout for the Rams. You know, I've gotten some questions about this because there was a conversation and a statement put out through the NFL Players Union about mm-hmm. boycotting or um, holding out of spring OTAs. Well, basically what happened is They wanted to have a unified stance with teammates across the league, especially via the union, and so opted out of sort of that first phase, but came to an agreement that it would be sort of a restructured, differentiated version of OTAs where they have some terms agreements with head coach Sean McVay, with a couple of the assistants and and the Rams staff. And that's what teams, most teams around the league are doing. I guess um, the Seahawks still haven't haven't reported as far as I had seen last week. So um, a couple teams are holding out very firmly, but for the most part, teams are um, coming in and getting like very light drilling in. It's a lot of install. It's all reps against air. So as fun as this time of year is to kind of see everybody again, we always have to take that with a grain of salt. Until we get into training camp, we really don't know what we don't know. So uh, right now it's all about Matthew Stafford learning the language of the offense. It's definitely about the offense offensive line and all of its changes, um, sort of restructuring and recalibrating, especially with Austin Corbett at center. And they have to take a ton of snaps together in order to even be ready uh, for for speed to pick up. It's a lot of throw and catch. It's a lot of timing and rhythm and and all these types of things, cadence um, with Stafford. And it's a lot of collaboration between Matthew Stafford and, and Sean McVay. Uh, Sean McVay called Matthew a joy to work with in that regard. So things are so far doing well <laughs> in terms of the did, communication. Yeah. So um, did, did he say he was the Rams quarterback right now, or was that did you make a little bit longer of a commitment? He didn't say that, but I think I would maybe like have a heart attack if he. I'm like, <laughs> oh God, here we go again. Um, but no, so far so good, and and there's a lot of energy, and honestly, like these guys have so much fun at camp and in OTAs. So um, I got to go out last week and finally see people in person again, and um, it was just it, like as Sean said, it was just kind of a joy to do because it was you finally got to actually see people doing things. And if you haven't checked it out yet, I did write a observation recap. I'm going to have at least one of those coming out every week. We get one day of in-person access per week through OTAs. So I'll have one of those come out every week. So if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out over the athletic.com. And it's just chock full of, of stuff, isn't it, Rich? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's great. I, I know how excited you were to, to be able to get out there and actually see uh, uh, live live football activities. It's very cool. And, and you really can learn a lot. I mean, we do when 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 we're allowed out there, uh, you, you do get good good access. You know, you can kind of walk around if people aren't familiar with kind of how these things go. Uh, they kind of have the two fields set up, and you can to, to an extent you can't cover the entire area, uh, but but you can kind of you know go back and forth between position groups or different drills and things like that. If there's any particular player you want to pay attention to or any grouping that you want to watch, um, it's a lot of fun. People who uh, have gone to the training camps in Irvine will will know about this. It's a very similar kind of kind of set up to, to where you can see different things happening uh, at the same time. So yeah, Jordan, great insights. And I, I know we want to talk about the offensive line, uh, but I, I think when we, when we talk about these OTAs, yeah, a lot of it is the above the neck stuff. You know, it's it's the learning and the uh, communicating and making sure you're you're on the same page with that stuff. But to me, it's always, there's there's a handful of positions. And I, I don't know, off the, off the top of my head, I might say offensive line 
is at the top of that list where there are tangible things that that you can benefit from from being on the field just because that is such an important position. I know it was you, Jordan, going back a, a few months now, you know, talking about the the five fingers and the glove sort of sort of thing where, you know, they, there, there is that chemistry that you can develop as a as a unit. Um, and it's, uh, of course, important when you talk about a quarterback and a receiver or, a, you know, a line defensive lineman playing together or things like that. But I've, I've always kind of felt that that maybe among all the positions, it's most important for those offensive linemen. And I imagine, Jordan, uh, this year may be even more important than ever. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to get a certain amount of snaps with Corbett and Stafford and um, they were kind of being coy about it early last week and like kind of being like, Oh, we're rotating guys in. I will say Brian Allen did rotate in a couple of times into the ones when they were doing install work, but there that never featured a live snap as I wrote in my observation. So anytime there was live snapping, now this is probably a huge differentiation here. Anytime there was live snapping, at least for that day, the one day that, you know, we got to see. So also take that with a grain of salt. Um, Because there were like packages last year, you know, you learn about them a year later and there were packages at the end of the season last year. Like I learned that they were installing a change of pace package with Bryce Perkins, who was going to be active for that last playoff game in the last week of camp. But obviously I didn't see that. (laughs) because There's so many things that happen. But anyway, so... You know, anytime there was a live snap happening, it was Matthew Stafford and Austin Corbett. So that's something that is pretty key. You've got to establish that rhythm. Something I thought was interesting, too, is at times I saw Coleman Shelton live snapping the ball to John Walford, who is the clear and substantiated backup quarterback for this team. So that's somebody to watch for sure. Um, Brian Allen was repping in and out with non-live snaps with the first team. I think a lot of that has to do with him knowing the calls and him knowing where the alignments are and all of those things. Um, But who knows? Maybe they'll try to work him in as well to see. But you really have to establish the cadence with the guy who you've chosen to be your center. So they're a little less coy entering this week. You know, we spoke with Andrew Whitworth just shortly before jumping on here. And he was he was talking about how um, Austin is is coming up to speed at center and how those types of things happen and the communication happens and everybody's trying to fill them out. So I think they're they're rolling with that combination um, for sure, even though early in the week last week they were talking about rotating guys through. I think that's a dependent on what the situation is in in terms of like, again, live versus non live snaps, because you have to establish that. And then Bobby Evans, um, you know, they've seemed to be pleased with how he's working in at, at right guard so far. So that's also important. And, and those two positions, yeah. particularly in establishing the continuity, it kind of amazes me. I mean, they've had a lot of veterans come in and out of OTAs. They're voluntary. But Andrew Whitworth, from what it sounds like, has been there every day. And that's something, and Rob Havenstein as well. And that's something that I think is is so important, right? Like these guys are great at what they do. Whitworth's almost 40. He's been doing it for, what, 16 years. So at this point, no, does not have to show up to OTAs. None of them have to show up to OTAs. But Whitworth really doesn't have to show up to OTAs. But it's really important. It's going to be the number one thing for them on offense is establishing that continuity and making sure that they're they're sort of getting into a rhythm in that regard. So I, I do think that's interesting. And of course, having Whitworth around brings up the energy and, you know, he's just like 
loves to get to know guys and all of that. So I think it, it adds some comfort as well. And especially for, for Matthew, who needs, you know, people to kind of help show him the ropes and understand different teammates and, and things like that. So um, definitely, definitely the most important part. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Receivers are repping out in and out a lot, but it looks like Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson are getting quite the workload in because Robert Woods being the veteran that he is, obviously they're repping him in some days and then he's doing off-field workouts other days in the gym, in the um in the Rams gym, their training room. So, um last week he was present at practice, but Cooper Cup was sort of the number one. And those those things are important too, right, Rich? It is establishing that timing with the receiver. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, and you can you can do that in, in different ways. I mean, guys, if you've been known to get together, you know, in a I remember Jared Goff and some of these guys used to go to like the Westlake High and just throw on the field, you know, just away from OTAs. But it's it's not that that's important too. But to to get it in this setting where you're on the field with the coaches and and you have certain communications and things like that, yeah, none of these guys have ever played together before. So it's not like any of them have a history with Matthew Stafford or you know the the new even down to like the nuances of the way that he likes to throw the ball or, or where do guys like to see it or whatever it is. I mean, these are things that you only get through those through those reps. So, so any opportunities that you can take, uh, to, to build that stuff really important. And obviously you mentioned Van Jefferson. We know uh, what an important year this is going to be for him. Uh, you talked about that depth that they have at receiver and the importance of him trying to find a role and obviously them bringing in Tutu Atwell, uh, also into the mix. I, I'm, I'm sure Van Jefferson, you know, feels that understands that. Uh, so big time for him to show out and, and show that he's on top of his game. Game, and uh, those things matter as well. So yeah, it's it's different, you know. Like you said very well, Jordan. When it's when it's your guys on your guys, it's it's always you're never going to be able to tell um, everything. You're you're going to need an opposition at some point. And I know the Rams have these uh, joint practices uh, yeah. that, that you found out about. Um, so that'll be a big time too. But yeah, it's 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 more about those reps and just that that improvement, that comfort, and and things like that. So good to see that. Um, some of those veterans are, are leading the way there. Yeah. And a couple of notes too, that I think are really important to keep an eye on moving forward that are sort of OTAs adjacent. So one thing is that they are clearly running through sort of, um, I call them like running partners at, at inside linebacker. Basically it's your tandem guys, you know, like when you're on the playground and you're playing uh, red Rover or something like that. <laughs> Um, and you want to stand next to the person who's really got a good grip on your arm so nobody can break sure. through. That's what this is. 
Like you, these running partners. So, you know, it's, it's usually probably going to be a guy who's a little bit more of a power guy, maybe a guy who can get downhill a little bit, but needs to be able to move the way that they want him to move uh, laterally. But then the other guy who will do a little bit more of the blitzing, most likely, and who is a little bit more of that dynamic horizontal stretch guy who can maybe contain on the perimeter where needed. And also, obviously, like I said, do some blitz work and then rush the passer a little bit. So we saw that featured in Micah Kaiser and Kenny Young. Obviously, there are some issues there um, with Micah Kaiser getting hurt and then a couple, you know, being on and off the field. And then they put in Troy Reader and he had, you know, one really great game and a couple that were up and down. But now that Traven Howard is healthy and obviously being a dynamic linebacker, they're testing out the combinations. So I saw a lot of Micah Kaiser and Kenny Young again. I saw Troy Reader and Traven Howard with Troy obviously being a little bit more that power guy and Traven being that really dynamic guy who can move horizontally. And then, and then I saw Christian Roseboom the undrafted free agent, along with Traven Howard, and they were both repping against the first team offense. Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to report that, but um, if oh, okay. someone comes and yells at me, that's fine. But um, but that's what it was. <laughs> um, so note note to note to listeners: if uh, if I stop including that information, it means that I've gotten right. a slap on the wrist. Um, Jordan, how are the Rams ever going to win the Super Bowl if you <laughs> are telling people? How they're repping in OTAs in June. You, how could you? I'm just, how I'm just you? trying to be respectful and keep Christian Roseboom a secret from the rest of the league. Um, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. I, I am trying to be respectful of, of their roles because I just feel so good about being in person again. But anyway, so um, so that was interesting because they're very much looking for combinations. Now, I didn't see a ton of Ernest Jones. Um, I was on the field watching ones against ones, this being my first time that I have seen Matthew Stafford throw a football in person since covering a, a game and, and in a Rams jersey. So I certainly stayed ones versus ones for the most for most of the day. So I didn't see a ton of, of Ernest Jones, who's um, obviously the, one of the Rams day two picks who they are going to try to work into the rotation and, and will probably continue to come along as he learns more of the defense and the calls and the checks and things like that. But I did think that was really, really interesting. And and um, in the secondary, interesting running partners, of course, the the featured partnership is is uh, Terrell Burgess and Jordan Fuller. And that one's going to be really fun to watch, sort of grow and evolve and develop. And I think those are just two outstanding, outstanding players who I think are, are a little bit still under the radar. Um, but entering their second season, I think they have a chance of being just really a great tandem. And Robert Rochelle even got a little bit of time. He's a Rams draft pick on day three, fourth rounder, and he even got a little bit of time with the ones as well. Um, so it's a there. Some of these guys are just getting thrown into it, and it's it's just really fun and really exciting to watch. But I did find that interesting to see the dynamic of sort of that complementary skill set that they're using yeah. with that with those inside linebackers. Yeah, gr- great observations there, Jordan. I'll, I'll be fascinated to see how that plays out. If you had asked me, I'm I'm a little surprised. Uh, you know, I don't know Traven Howard. Maybe some of it is him still coming back, but I, I would have thought he would have gotten a little bit more run there. And I, I know they're pairing it. It's not necessarily first team, second team, or anything like that. But but if if you gave me the list and and kind of asked me to to pair them up, I, I probably would have put Kaiser w- with uh, Traven Howard and uh, just just to see what that looks like because I I just think like 
with the with those skill sets and and kind of where the ceilings are with those guys those are i would kind of take a want to take a look at those two together and and we we've saw it a little bit in in training camp and things like that when when they were both healthy which unfortunately hasn't been often enough for those two guys but i i like the dynamic between those two guys but you know what jordan at the same time Kenny Young had a really good year last year. And, and that's something that probably, you know, it's not a position that got a lot of attention, but but I, I think he he stood out and, and probably more than more than he got credit for. So not surprised that that the Rams would want to give him a, a look there. And then uh, you look, you've been talking about Christian Roseboom for a while, ever since the Rams uh, assigned him. And then that's why I liked the, the drafting of Avernus Jones too. And, and really why I was kind of surprised that the Rams didn't add to that mix a, a year ago is uh, there's there's some versatility here. There's guys who can do uh, a lot of different things. Uh, Troy Reader didn't even mention him, but he's been a guy who's been able to be plugged in and and uh, get it, get the job done. These are guys who can play on special teams and, and thrive. So uh, I, when you look at this group, there's there's not a name that really pops out at you and says, wow, you know, this is a really, really impact player. But, but I think if they can find the right mix here with these guys, uh, it, it can be a pretty good group. Yeah. And I think that's that those sort of partnerships and those tandems are maybe indicative of of how they're establishing the competition because they want Troy Reader to compete with Micah Kaiser for that sort of ILB1 tandem and they want to see what sort of running mate works best with him whether it's Kenny who they saw a lot of with Troy last year or whether it becomes Traven Howard and then they also ultimately I would fit Ernest Jones into that sort of maybe a little bit more power spot, someone who's going to be on the field for most of the time while the lighter package inside linebacker maybe gets rotated in and out because we know that they love to run subverted nickel sub packages and especially some of that dime that they like to do as well. So to me, that doesn't, I don't think that would be changing year over year. It was very, you know, it was successful for them last year, especially when you consider other players factored in, such as a one Jalen Ramsey moving around the field. So you want to keep your sub packages afloat. So I think this was really, really interesting to see, um, especially just how they kind of are are clearly not only establishing those partnerships, but also uh, establishing a little bit of that competition. Like, okay, starters, quote unquote, last year who had the job out, out of training camp were Micah Kaiser and Kenny Young. So Troy Reader and Traven Howard, now it's sort of their jobs to compete with. Um, same with Christian Roseboom, who's hoping to be on the active roster this year, but they drafted Ernest Jones. So, you know, you want to, there's going to be plenty of competition. I could definitely see them keeping more. They only kept, what, three linebackers, inside linebackers on the roster through most of last season. Um, so I could definitely see them keeping more <laughs> than that this year. Uh, that was a little bit of a risk last year, but really they just, you know, they just loaded up on defensive backs, especially safeties. So um, the way Raheem Morris wants to do it moving forward is going to be interesting and, and notable. That's one of the big question marks for me um, on the defensive side of the ball, which I think offensive side is probably still the line. You know, when you bring back a Robert Woods and a Cooper Cup, and you add some of that horizontal and vertical speed and that stretchability, I, I have less questions actually about the receiving core and about Matthew Stafford than I do the offensive line, specifically that interior. But, you know, once they actually start practicing against DBs um, in a more competitive setting, then that's when I think, you know, my questions about those receivers and how those concepts will all blend together um, will start to evolve and get more complicated. And so 
so far on the defensive side of the ball. This is really all there is to watch, <laughs> essentially. Right. So um, so it's it's been interesting. But um, definitely starting – some storylines are definitely starting to take shape. Yeah. And, and now's the time when – it's a great point, Jordan, too, that, uh, you know, this is the time to kind of experiment, too. I remember – I think it was the the first training camp that I covered in, in, in 2016. And, you know, you're watching who's with the ones and twos or whatever. And somebody rotated in. It might have been like a – Justin Lawler or somebody like that. And you saw him and I was like, oh, wow, there's Justin Lawler's getting those reps. And then like, you know, two practices later, he was on the third team and somebody else was rotating. And they're like, oh, okay. They're just, they're just giving looks at these guys. This isn't necessarily a uh, indication of of what they're going to do. So great point, Jordan, in terms of like, you know, pairing these guys off. It it literally could be just to to see how they look together. Like you said, they've seen some of these guys play together uh, and maybe not uh, some others. So how's that chemistry? How do they play off each other? Uh, you know, who fills those roles better? So again, another another benefit to OTAs to, to, to be able to see some of that. And I would expect that things like that will, will continue on uh, into training camp too. Yeah. And one thing to keep in mind too, is sometimes when guys are getting opportunities in a certain position, and I tried to note this in my piece too, but sometimes when guys are getting opportunities in, in specific positions, it's because the other guy isn't there, <laughs> you know, right. and, and I'm not saying that critically. These are voluntary and guys have their own workout plans and their own things that they do. So even when players are rotating in for one day, they might be gone the next day. So sometimes, you know, you're seeing guys repping with certain uh, layers and levels of first team, second team or whatever, because they're available. So, you know, I I wouldn't think that they would be putting Robert Rochelle out against the ones right away if they didn't have to, you know, that was the day where, uh, the, the one day where both Darius and Jalen weren't, weren't there. So Robert Rochelle, your number's called man. So, um, that, that part of it's really interesting to me as well is sort of that, like, what do you think to yourself when that happens <laughs> as a rookie? You're like, oh, God, I know I'm not supposed to be, you know, hitting anybody. I know I have all these things to think about and consider. And um, I mean, yeah. it'll be really good for him ultimately. But uh, that's another thing to keep in mind is like when you see some of these video cut ups and, um, you know, like they're not going to be putting and I and I love them to death, but they're not going to be putting Dante D.A. on on uh, on Cooper Cup in on a corner end zone route like in training camp. Right. They're just not. So, right. you know, you, you just got to take take some of these things with a grain of salt and, and look for some of the little things, like I said, like the running partners with the linebackers, how these young players, especially on the interior defensive line, are being coached and how they're rotating in for reps, size and and frame and, and all of these types of things, speed. Uh, Tutu Atwell repping into punt return, that was definitely notable. Um, yeah. Something that Sean McVay had had indicated but didn't really commit to. Um, Going to be competing with a couple of different guys there. So, you know, just little little details like that are much more important than some of the, the bigger things that happen. And that's the best part of this is kind of getting in there and getting granular and seeing like uh, some of those details behind the the flashy plays, like who was where, what the snap looked like, you know, yeah. What are guys doing off to the side? How did guys show up? You know, what kind of shape did they show up in? Um, so it's a fun time of year, Rich. 
Oh, it is. And it just illustrates how much, you know, everybody not look, not that this was the most important thing that happened in the last 12 months. But I mean, just as in terms of talking about football, it's how much we all, you know, <laughs> lost last year, the players not being able to be there. And, you know, great reporters like you weren't weren't able to, uh, to watch those practices and learn and bring that to people. I saw, you know, some of the comments in your in your analysis that uh, people leave and just, you know, talking about the detail that, that you give on these practices. And yeah, it's like, that's, that's, that's why we're there. That's, that's what the benefit of opening those practices up to us is. And you can really kind of dig and, and learn these things right now. Cause I, you know, I've said it a few times, like once you get to training camp, I mean, there's still, there's still battles, there's things that are going on in training camp, but, but this is always to me, you know, this is like the, the uh, NFL version of spring football in college, you know, where you, you kind of you, you get to see those things, the installs, how they're how they view certain players, where they're moving them around. Really, just really fascinating stuff to see. And uh, I hope Jordan, I, I don't know what the deal is uh, The you know, the June 10th practice. I know they're opening it up at, at SoFi Stadium. Not sure exactly how many people they're, they're letting in, but I, I do know, you know, if, if fans do get an opportunity, if you're a season ticket holder or you're just able to get your hands on, on one of those tickets. Like it, it really is kind of a it's a it's a fascinating thing to watch, especially if you, if you've never been able to watch it, an off season practice or a training camp practice or something like that. Well, yeah, and I'm hoping that more people come, and then that way I can stay over on one side of the field, and then someone else can come and be in the stands or on the sideline or whatever, and they can just send me their notes that they take from watching the twos play. <laughs> Cause I'd like to, I'd like to see everything at once, but uh, you know, I, yeah. I, it's kind of a funny thing. Um, you know, I, I run around those fields. I got a little fanny pack action. I had a camelback, <laughs> had a camelback in training camp last year, uh, that I got a little bit of crap for because I was, it was just so extra, but I was just trying to run around seeing everything that I could. And yeah, that's, that's the fun part of it. But also, um, thanks for everyone's patience with me. Cause I, I'll have to switch back and forth and I get so many great questions and love, love getting questions from you guys and love, um, interacting and everything. So keep them coming. That open practice is going to be fun. That's in, what is it? It's the first now. So it'll be what, nine days. It's on the 10th. Yeah. That'll be really, really fun. And then obviously people, getting ready for this mandatory mini camp where media is ac- has access for all three days of that. Um, and that's where we'll see full attendance uh, that, that we know of so far. Nobody's, nobody's right. holding out as far oh, as we else. know. Yeah. yeah. They got all those important contracts done last year. So yes. <laughs> nobody needs to do days. that. Yeah. And, uh, and so then, then training camp, uh, Irvine, California, and the rookies and assistants are going to report on July 25th. And then that's when things really start going, Rich. Oh yeah, it's it's a sprint after that, and that's why I said like that's that goes so fast, and you know it goes fast for everybody. So, gosh, really really excited. You know that that's it's great. I I don't know what the Rams' plans are. Uh, I, I'm sure you know. Hopefully, we're all in good shape, uh, COVID wise, and and they can they can have a really really nice uh, you know outdoor thing there. Jordan, I know you haven't. Uh, been down there, but just a cool setup. Anybody who's who's been down there knows, uh, you know, I think they can fit about five, six thousand 
people in in kind of like a stadium kind of setting. So cool. They do autograph sessions. There's always alumni around there. The Rams just did a very good job in in, uh, maintaining, especially that Orange County uh, fan base that's really important to them. So it's just, it's just so cool. And, you know, to, but again, like I've said, this is not the most important thing that's been happening over the last year, but I know, you know, Jordan, you covering the sport that you love and and so many of the Rams fans watching the sport they love, the team that they love to be able to, uh, to be able to see the this stuff again and do this stuff again. Uh, it, it just, it feels really refreshing. Yeah. And we'll be back in two weeks uh, with you guys here on the 11 personnel podcast, but uh, I'm looking at my calendar and I've got like a half dozen pieces planned from here until ne- until then. So if you guys want to <laughs> keep track of, of everything with training camp, with the Rams, um, a couple of really cool big picture features coming out this off season, um, you know, time gods willing, uh, <laughs> access gods willing. Um, so make sure you guys are following along with me on Twitter and certainly following along with me at The Athletic. I'll also be using our brief and real-time feature a little bit more this uh, this uh, spring and summer because it gives me more characters with which to write <laughs> than Twitter does. So those are always free. So even if you're not an athletic subscriber, make sure you're checking out that feature and interacting with that as well. Um, and as always, Rich, when you subscribe to theathletic.com via the 11 Personnel Podcast, you get my favorite thing in the world. What is it, Rich? You get a great discount. My favorite thing in the world, a great discount. Um, And you guys can make sure and take advantage of that every single time you hear us remind you of it, which is every single time we record the 11 Personnel Podcast. Um, Really, really appreciate you guys. This is going to be fun. I'm so excited. Um, we're, We're in it now. Sounds like, you know health and safety willing we are in it and it's going to be a really fun season so i'm looking forward to having you guys on board um make sure you catch us next time leave us a a five-star rating we're biased but leave us one of those leave us a review on itunes um and as always it's been a real pleasure we'll catch you next time